Claire is going to come up now and speak to us, continuing our series in Acts. Um, Claire, do you need anything to in one of these? Hi, everyone. There you are. Good luck. <laughs> so unspiritual, Matt. I don't believe in luck. Sound like you think I'm going to need it. Okay, here's a story to start off with. Um, quite a few years ago, I went for a walk on the Downs. And um, it was around this time of year. And on that day, after this walk, I was going to come to some prophecy training here in Woodlands Church. And um, I was, I sort of have this slight dual. Uh, thing about prophecy. Now, we'll talk about what prophecy is. If you're unfamiliar with even the word, it's fine. I'll unpack it in a little bit. But sometimes I feel like I hold the idea of God speaking to me and me being able to hear it or someone else and them being able to hear it with this kind of sort of what I feel like is healthy sort of skepticism, <laughs> but it's probably bordering on cynicism sometimes. And um, I, I, I was aware on that particular day that I was going to do this prophecy training, and I was a bit like, is it, you know, is it real, you know, do, do we really hear from God, are we making it up, all that sort of thing. You know what I'm talking about, because some of you have thought this very same thing. So anyway, on that day, I was going for this walk on the downs, and I saw a conker on the ground. You know what a conker is? Yeah? Prickly thing, seed thing. Um, and I just picked it up, and I thought, I'll just pop that in my pocket, and I'm sure it'll make a great analogy at the prophecy clinic. Slightly cynically, maybe, or just kind of like, you know, it could come in useful. Off I went, went to the prophecy clinic, and we were doing this little activation afterwards, which, so we had a bit of teaching, and then we said, the person who was leading it said, right, we're all going to practice hearing from God for this person. And they got a person out of the group and put them in the middle, and we all had to um, hear from God for that person. So we're all like, oh, come on, God, send something through for me. And um, as I was looking at this, <laughs> this guy, I just thought he looked really miserable. And... I thought to myself, you look really miserable. I wonder if you're always a bit miserable. You look like you've been miserable since you've been really young. And maybe, I just was thinking, maybe when you were young, you had quite a serious life and it sort of shaped and formed you. And I was just thinking about this thing, thinking, God, could you say anything about that? Is that what you're trying to say? I was picturing it. And then I remembered the conquer in my pocket and I sort of put it, my hand on the conquer. I was feeling it and thinking... It's almost like, and I thought of those childhood games, you know, where we used to put them on strings. I, people don't do it anymore because they just got phones. But back in the day, we played <laughs> conquer games with conquer on a string, and you had to smash the other person's conquer on a string. It was really amazing. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and I just thought of that game, and I just thought of playfulness. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe God's saying... You know, you need to be more playful. I'm going to teach you. I'm the sort of father that loves his children and wants them to be able to feel lighthearted with me. So that's what I came up with. 
and I prepared it. And I happened to be the last in the thing, so I was listening to everyone's words and things. People were sharing. I was thinking, oh, I'll, I'll say my conquer thing. And then it came to, the, <clears throat> came to my turn, and I, I delivered my little message where I was saying, you know, I think looking at you that I just feel like God's saying that you haven't really learned how to be playful in your relationship with God. And he wants you to know he's a lighthearted father. And um, it's almost like, you know, I don't know if you've ever, you know, played conquer games. I handed him the conquer and I said the thing. And then we went round and we had a little bit of feedback. So everyone got a bit of feedback about whether their word was relevant to the man, to the guy. <clears throat> and when he got to me, he said, you're really right. I, I am a very serious person. I'm actually a bit miserable a lot of the time. And I struggle with depression. And, and I feel like I don't relate to God in the way that you, you have said. But I've been saying to God, I need to know what it means that you're my father. And then he said... And I'm from South Africa, and um, I've only been here a few months, but we don't have conquer trees in South Africa. But in the last 24 hours, three people have handed me a conquer and told me about the conquer games that you all play here. And he was just, I mean, he was just a bit blown away by that, but I was much more blown away because <clears throat> there's me in my cynical thing thinking that I was making it all up. Anyway, I don't know what you think of that story, but for me, it sort of um, was a bit of a moment of, oh, was, was God with me on the walk as I was preparing for this prophecy clinic training? And was he, did he get me to pick up the conquer? And what, what is it all about? So I, you know, didn't know the answers to the questions, still don't, but that's where we're going to go today. We're going to talk about the idea that God might speak to us. So I'm asking you the question, do you feel that God speaks to you? Does God speak to you? Now, I'm sure that there's a whole array of answers in the room, but the reason why we're looking at this subject of whether God speaks to human beings and in fact the subject of prophecy which is a word we use to describe um, basically a message from God that is supernaturally revealed there's a slide for this yeah <clears throat> um, that to inspire encourage correct warn or lead that's kind of what a prophecy is now um, lots of us have got different experience of, of be, having prophecies, maybe hearing from God. But this idea that God wants to communicate with human beings like you and me is a very familiar idea in Scripture. In fact, it's all the way through Scripture, through the Bible, you get these interactions where God is communicating with human beings, sometimes with a message for them, and sometimes with a message for someone else that he wants that person to hand on. And he seems to quite like that process. And so we're going to look at that today. And we're in this series, a sermon series called This Same Jesus. And the reason why we're in, in this series is that we're picking up on the idea. <clears throat> there's a, a verse in, in the book of Acts where some angels say to the disciples, this Jesus, the same Jesus that you just saw return to heaven at the end of his ministry, will return again one day. You know, he's not gone, he's just moved for the moment. But there's this idea that when Jesus left his earthly ministry, 
the church, that's you and me, were handed on the job of being Jesus right the way through history, right the way to now. And in fact, you are recruited, if you want to be, into Jesus' team of representing who he is to the world. Now, when you see in the life of Jesus, you see him hearing from God all the time. Of course you do, because that's what you'd expect. He's the son of God, and he must be able to hear from God. But there's this expectation that you, today... 21st century in Bristol, all these centuries later, can also hear from God in the same way as Jesus did. It's a really extraordinary idea. <clears throat> and that Jesus, he is in the room now because he promised that wherever you and I meet, wherever two or three people meet, he'll be there in the midst of us. He's here, he's in you. He's around you, he's looking at you, he's looking out through your eyes to the world. This same Jesus is here now and we are called to speak to him, to listen to him, to represent him. And um, <clears throat> one of the things we love to do here is try and listen, listen to God and hand on some of the things that we sense. There was one time... Um, then when I was preaching and at the end of the preach just like this I just had this feeling that there was someone in the room who had really bad nosebleeds you know nosebleeds came into my mind what do you do do you do you share that it's a bit random I shared it amongst a few other things that people were saying and <clears throat> left it didn't hear any feedback or anything and a couple of weeks later, basically somebody wrote to me and said, oh, when you shared that thing about nosebleeds, I'd had nosebleeds all day long for three months on end. Constant nosebleeds. It was really distressing. I went to the doctors. They couldn't do anything about it. When you shared that idea that God wanted to do something about nosebleeds, I came forward and I prayed with somebody on your prayer team. And that night the nosebleeds stopped and I haven't had one since. Again, it's just like, what is going on there? You know, and I was actually really glad that I didn't pray for the person because, you know, it, it's part of the idea is that the body of Jesus, the body of Christ, the church, everyone gets to have a go. It doesn't matter who it is that prays because if God is communicating something about healing, he's on it. And he's on it tonight. Jesus wants to do some things in the room amongst us this evening. And Jesus promised that his sheep will hear his voice. He talked about himself as a shepherd with sheep. He said that we're like his sheep. And he said, they'll know my voice and they'll be able to follow me. There's, there's a slide for that, the, that my sheep know my voice and I know them and they follow me. It's a normal idea in the New Testament that we can hear from God in various ways. And so we're going to talk a little bit about one of those ways, prophecy, in a minute. But just a couple of things to say that we are absolutely passionate about the Bible here at Woodlands Church as well. And we believe that the Bible is one of the ways that God speaks to us. And it, again, it's a normal part of the Christian life to hear God speaking to us through the Bible. And there's many references in the Bible about the community of the new believers after Jesus returned to heaven, actually looking at their own scriptures, their Bible, the Old Testament actually, 
and for reference points. How do we do this? What do we do next? Should we allow Gentile believers, non-Jews, to be part of Christianity? Is that a thing? And then they look back into the Old Testament and they find the prophet Amos and he said there's going to be a time when Gentiles and Jews will come together. So they thought to themselves, okay, we'll follow what the Bible says. Let's radically change this new religion, Christianity, that's emerging and make it for the whole world. You know, that is normal Christianity, to follow what the Bible says. And in fact, put your hand up if you've ever felt God speak to you through the Bible. Stick it right up in the air. Right, look. (laughs) We're a community who believes that God speaks through the Bible. Second way that God also speaks is through our consciences. I'm not going to ask you if God's ever spoken to you through convicting you through your conscience, because it's all about the naughty stuff, isn't it? And, um, you know, we, all of us, have had this sense, you know, that God will sometimes convict us through and just give us a sense there's something wrong here you've done something wrong you've overstepped a mark you've hidden something that or you've told a lie or that you know and your conscience has kind of just convicted you from the inside that's a way that God will speak to us but the third way that we talk sometimes is about prophecy and Paul <clears throat> the apostle he said pursue love pursue all the spiritual gifts but especially pursue prophecy still seem to mark it out as a bit special why well we'll unpack that what we're going to do now is we're going to just read a little bit from a very familiar bit of the bible from acts chapter 2 which is a moment in the bible now the bible is full of moments the creation of the world is a moment and some of these moments are obscure but some of them are so full of drama and significance and this feeling that everything has changed after this moment that it's worth pausing and thinking wow this moment really defines my life the church's existence who I understand myself and the church to be in 21st century Bristol this is a moment we're going to look back 2,000 years ago at this moment And just try and sense what God was doing as this unfolded. So this is Acts chapter 2. Again, very familiar. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. There was a festival going on. They were all coming from all over the place, from other countries, gathering in Jerusalem. There were thousands of them. And these people, when they heard the sound, presumably of the wind, the violent wind, and the commotion that was breaking out, a crowd came together in Jerusalem in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans, local boys? And then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? 
amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun and said they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice and addressed the crowd, saying, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. <clears throat> it's this moment that changed everything. It changed a group of people from being scared, waiting in a room, not knowing what to do, to bursting out of a building and causing a commotion that a few weeks before they'd have been terrified to do because they were scared that they were going to be put to death like Jesus was. This thing had happened to them. And I'm just going to pull out three things from that little passage that will teach us something about prophecy because it's emphasized here by the prophet Joel, a few hundred years before, had looked forward to this moment where everything would change and said that the spirit of God would be poured out on all people, young and old. You're all here. You're all covered. Men and women, young and old. And the spirit would be poured out and they will prophesy. It's, very, it's an amazing moment. So the thing, one of the things that really struck me when I was reading it was this conversation that's going on in the background with the people listening saying, how is everyone hearing everything? How come I'm hearing it in my own language? And then there's this other conversation going on, people saying, well, maybe they're just drunk. I mean, that doesn't really make sense to me, if I'm honest, because I don't... When, not that I am drunk ever, but if I was drunk, I know I wouldn't be able to speak another language. It's hard enough to do when you're sober. But there's something here happening where everyone gets to hear something communicated directly to them in their own language. And I think that is God showing his heart for everyone. He wants everyone to know him. He wants all the people around you, all the people that you know, every person in this city to know him. And he wants to speak their language. He doesn't want to just babble on his own and hope that people will come to him. He wants to speak their language. And he wants you to be someone who speaks the language that goes to the far corners of the earth. And that is what the gift of the Spirit did to these people. It actually spoke right into people's lives. And a lot of us say, well, it's not that easy to hear God. God wants to make it easy for us to hear him. And in a way, we who know God, who walk with him, who want to know more of him, are, I think God is saying to us, will you do the hard work of learning to hear my voice? So that people who really don't know me, who don't even know that there's good news yet, they can hear it easily because you translate it into their language. So will you get out there with my voice? Mel over there said that last week she said to God, I want to go into Costa Coffee and share something about you to the people in Costa Coffee. So she said to God, can you just give me a couple of things, a name and a thing? 
So she listened for a minute and she got a name and then she got a thing, like a little sort of situation. And she went in and she bought a cup of tea, didn't really want a cup of tea, but she just wanted to get in there. And as she was paying for it, she said to the person who she was checking, who's checking her out, said, I don't suppose your name is this name. And the girl said, yeah, that is my name. So encouraged, she said, I don't suppose this is happening in your life, is it? And she shared a situation that she felt God had shown her. And the person said, how did you know that? And actually what had happened is in a few minutes before going into the coffee shop, God, the communicating God, who wants to reach people with his life and love, showed her something. And it was in that situation spot on. And a conversation ensued. And I just want to encourage you to to pursue that kind of questioning and asking of God. Have you got anything to say to me for someone else? And actually, the reality is, it's much easier to hear God's voice for someone else than it is for your own, isn't it? Ever notice, need guidance, praying for guidance? Silence, blank, you know, babbling in your head. But sometimes when you actually ask, ask God for something for somebody else, it feels very clear. It's almost like it's contested space in our brains, isn't it? And it's also, it's often a bit noisy inside your own head. And all sorts of things can emerge out of that noise, like the things that you really want and things you're really longing for. Anyone here ever had someone say to them, God's told me to marry you? I have, yeah, a few people. Now, it's okay if you want to marry the person, but if you don't know them, it's freaky. And um, I had it at a Christian festival when I was in my 20s, and just somebody I'd seen across the room and he said oh God's told me I was, I was going to marry you I was like you didn't tell me and off I went <laughs> <coughs> I <coughs> because the reality is sometimes the things that you really want sometimes feel like the voice of God don't they and the things you don't really want maybe maybe sometimes that is God speaking but God wants to help us to hear his voice really for other people um, this summer, um, sorry if you've heard me tell this story a few times. If you're a preacher, you've got to roll out the stories a few times, haven't you? Make them work for you. Um, <clears throat> I went to Boomtown Festival. Who knows what Boomtown is? You shouldn't be. It's a very drug-fueled, hedonistic festival. I hope you're not there. Um, <clears throat> but we went with about 15 people. We did a little tent where we were offering prayer. And we were offering um, things like dream interpretation, which we don't really know how to do, but you just ask God, is there anything you want to say through this dream? Um, and life readings, which is a kind of culturally relevant way of saying prophecy. And um, we were just offering it to people, and lots of people came in. But as I have shared um, a few weeks ago in one of the services, the first time I was on duty was when the tent opened up and I really was not feeling it. The flow was not flowing. And I was thinking, oh, gosh, this is just so hard. And I really want to go to Spain where my holiday is going to be. And um, <clears throat> anyway, so me and my friend Joe, we sat down with this 
this girl who came in and she said, would you like a life reading? And um, I said to her, as we said to every single person who came in, we're not psychics. We don't have any superpowers. We don't really hear, we can't really read anyone's life. All we do is we believe in God. We believe he speaks to people and that he, we're practicing listening to his voice and we would, we would, we'll just listen to him and share what we think. Is that okay? Yes, she said, of course. And um, so she began to, uh, so we prayed a bit and we listened to God for her. And I had a picture of, um, of somebody, her, pushing seeds into a plant pot and looking at the seeds and thinking, I wonder what this plant is going to grow into. So that was the thing that came to my mind. And um, as I have said <laughs> a couple of times, <clears throat> um, it's a bit standard Christian imagery, plants, seeds. You know that you're onto a good one. And then my friend was, uh, said she saw a crown encrusted with jewels. Again, good Christian imagery. And, um, and that God was saying, so I felt God was saying through this thing that, you know, you're somebody who's really good at nurturing and you see the potential in people. And I had my own sort of thing I was saying. And um, my friend Joe said, I, feel, I see this crown encrusted with jewels and I feel like God's saying you're precious, but you don't really know it. So, you know, we shared it. And then my friend Joe said, does that resonate with you at all? Come back to that word resonance. Um, <clears throat> and the girl said, well, I'm a final year art student and my project this year is seeds. And I spend all my time at the moment painting massive seeds and looking at them and trying to portray through my painting the potential of each seed. And then... My friend Joe, she turned to Joe and she said, What you said to me really touched me. She said, I really struggle with my self esteem. I never think I'm precious. And you just said to me, Someone thinks I'm precious. And from that amazing little moment, we just had this lovely prayer time with her where we just said, You know, God wants to speak to you. And maybe as you go away from this, you could just say to God, Do you want to say anything to me? Because I'm open to hearing your voice because that is the kind of God that we're serving and you are following if you're a follower of Jesus. So <clears throat> he's a communicating <coughs> God. The second thing is that he's an enabling God. The spirit enables something to happen that is supernatural on that day and he will enable you supernaturally and he wants to and I think he wants to always increase the level of his supernatural involvement in yours and my lives and if you want to grow in hearing God's voice and being able to communicate what God is saying to people he's yes to that he's on board he wants to enable you to do this and Peter, when he, he gives this little sermon off the back of all of this commotion, he says, you know something, you, 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 you've got your interpretations of what's going on, but our interpretation is we are just living out a prophecy from a few hundred years ago from a famous prophet of the Israelites, the prophet Joel, who said that one day God was going to pour out his spirit on all people young and old, men and women, that they would prophesy. And that's what you're experiencing. He's kind of saying this that you are experiencing now is that 
that we have held on to as a promise, we're actually living it out. And prophecy is for that moment. It is for revealing God, who he really is. Here's four things that prophecy is meant to do. It's meant to reveal the Father. There are people in this room tonight who actually don't really know the Father. Like my friend in that first story, they don't really know that God likes them and loves them unconditionally and wants to heal them and set them free. That is the sort of God that we are following. And there are many people who don't know that. So it reveals the Father. The second thing, there's this sense of being known and loved. When you get a sense that God is speaking to you directly, it's as if this vast presence that is kind of like the universe suddenly becomes focused into a person. One of the things we really noticed at Boomtown was this sense that people believe there's something out there, but it was kind of like the universe The universe is on my side, I hope. But it's really amazing if suddenly the universe seems to see you. Someone sees you. Years ago, when I was young, I used to make a lot of clothes. used to make clothes. You know, not go to the shops, but I would actually sew clothes and make them. And one of the things that I really loved when I was making clothes was cutting fabric. And if you've ever done this, you'll know what I mean, but... fabric scissors when you cut through fabric it's an amazingly satisfying crunching sound and I was praying for this one girl at Boomtown and as we were praying and being quiet and listening I just had a picture of fabric and this crunching sound that was all I had and um, so I just said oh I've just got this mean anything to you resonate at all and she said oh I'm a textile and fashion student I'm spending all my days doing the same sort of thing spending all my days cutting up fabric I know exactly what you mean that sound and that was it that was the the sort of the sense of that's that's called a word of knowledge where God supernaturally reveals something to you that you couldn't really have known any other way and it's not there's no more information than that the next thing that needs to happen is for the person who delivers the word of knowledge to say God knows you He sees you, he gets you, he knows what it's like for you in your life. And you can explain what that looks like. What else does it do? It imparts hope for the future, for change and for freedom. And sometimes prophecy can just bring a bit of gentle insight into the root causes of issues and struggles. Who doesn't need that every now and again? Sometimes in wholeness, our prayer ministry team, they love to listen to God and actually just share things that might be causes, reasons, the roots of the the things that have accumulated in our lives and have tripped us up. So prophecy is for all of those things. 